What is going on, my people? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through for another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is a place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Uh, a lot, there's been a lot that's gone down uh, over the past few days. I'm going to be breaking it down over the next couple of days here. Uh, but I'm going to start off today. Uh, today won't be, uh, we won't be going in too deep. Uh, we will definitely be talking, uh, we will be talking some serious uh, stuff here today. I also want to get into some NCAA tournament action as well well uh get you guys caught up to date on that and then we will also be looking in on the nba uh getting to getting a look at the at the playoffs i'll be talking about who i think is going to win out win out in terms of the, of these divisions out here in the western conference uh who's pretty much going to lock up a playoff spot and what i think uh what i'm well yeah what i think i'm going to see or what i think is going to happen in the playoffs i'm going to talk a little bit about that as well uh but before i get uh any any further uh, i want to talk about the elephant in the room the elephant um that we've been that's been in our rooms the past couple of days here past few days here uh and that's uh dealing with uh the the, the fallen homie uh nipsey hustle uh, we all know uh he was gunned down uh, in front of his store on crenshaw uh sunday i believe sunday afternoon uh by a rival actually not even a rival gang member uh, somebody within his own gang um this of course has the the hip-hop world and even to a larger extent the black community uh you know um we had, we're at a loss for words, but of course, uh, we've been showing out, showing our support, uh, you know, giving him the well wishes, giving his family the well wishes, which is always good. Uh, of course, uh, with all that being said, we've also gotten to the conspiracy theories about everything. We've also touched up on that, of course. If you go on online, you go on social media, that's all you're going to see is some type of meme referring to Dr. Sebi, referring to some type of conspiracy. Uh, so we have that, too. Um, it took it took a second for me to you know really talk about this. I wanted to make sure that I I had all whatever details I could get, uh, you know whatever details were out there at least you know available to me. Uh, of course, you know you have to look between read between the lines and put things together on your own at some point by yourself. But uh, for the most part, whatever information you know was available, I was able to to get a hold of it. Now, uh, the guy that shot him, like I said, Nipsey, uh, Mr. Uh, well, <laughs> the guy that shot Nipsey, is a man by the name of Eric Holder, also known in the streets as Shitty Cuz. Maybe that's because he's a shitty crip. I don't know. I mean, he ended up killing one. Somebody he really he ended up killing another rolling sixties. So I would say that's because maybe you're a bad crip. But anyways, aside from that, um, of course, like I said, there was the, um, you know the. Um, conspiracy theories you know dealing with dr sebi and the documentary referring to him that nipsey hustle was working on uh just all the stuff that nipsey hustle was about in terms of you know uplifting the community there's a lot of uh there's a lot of things that are being said about that and and just how that is being used as a conspiracy or uh you know just him being you know a fixture in the community led to his uh demise or that's what the government was looking for uh to take him out and um you know I understand. Uh, I understand that we live in a situation where racism is prevalent, uh, where a lot of the environment that we live and what we have to go through is is based on our belief uh, that uh, somehow this system is well. I know the system is rigged in a lot of in a lot of situations, but um, 
I feel in this situation we have to 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 use our to use our better judgment here, and and don't get me wrong, I understand um, I understand the basis for a lot of these conspiracy theories. I get it. He was going to be putting out a documentary referring to Doctor Sebi, and for those of you who do not know who that is, he uh, passed away, I believe a year or so ago, and uh, he was a natural healer, uh, well known uh, throughout the natural community, uh, the black community as well. Uh, for coming up with natural remedies to uh, life-threatening diseases, i.e. AIDS, also cancer. Uh, I myself uh, do not know uh, the full, um, uh, the full, you know, all his work, uh, really just how effective it was. I, I, I would not know that. Um, I haven't spoken to a... Um, I haven't spoken to somebody who's used his methods and who's suffering from those diseases. And I have not found out if it, if they've been cured or anything like that. I don't, I don't know for, uh, you know, for what it's worth, just how great Dr. Sebi was, but apparently, uh, he was a very, uh, big fixture in the health community and all and, for us and a lot of the things that he did say in terms of alkaline diet and things of that nature made a lot of sense to me. Uh, with that being said, um, there's 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 a ton of information uh available about the man uh there's there's documentaries uh available about the man already uh so that leads me to the question where i i don't know if 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 just putting a movie out about him or just putting on a documentary about him that would talk about what his plans were will put nipsey hustle in danger again we you can look up Dr. Sebi on YouTube as we speak so if he was that if he was somebody the media or you know whoever is in charge of powers that be really wanted under wraps, then you would never be able to find information about him, period. Uh, you wouldn't be able to search his name uh, without something going on to you. Uh, as, as, as far as I've been told, uh, some of his products are being sold by his wife still, uh, referring to Dr. Sebi now. So uh, to, to say uh, that that's part of the, the conspiracy, it's, it's, I, I don't know how to feel about that. Um, again, you know, we can find information about Dr. Sebi. We can, we can find movies referring to him. So I don't think a Nipsey Hussle movie, a movie done by Nipsey Hussle would have changed the game more than any other information that we have referring to him. You can look up his diet program. You can look up, uh, some of his cures. You can already, that's already, the information is already attainable. The information about Dr. Sebi and his cures already attainable through the internet, through research, through your own research. So to say that you know, Nipsey Hussle came at odds with, with the powers that be because of that. I I don't, I don't know. I can't say that per se. Not if, not if information is out there for us to already get. We've already had, uh, again, we've already had documentaries referring, uh, to all these different, uh, to Dr. Sebi and all his different, um, uh, uh, you know, his, his different, uh, you know, all his different achievements. Uh, and also, uh, in terms of what, you know, the work, you know, his, that he was doing for the community, I'm not gonna, um, definitely not gonna question that. I definitely think that, uh, Nipsey Hussle did a, a lot, uh, just for his local community. I'm not gonna discredit that. Uh, he invested into property, uh, he invested into getting, uh, people jobs. Um, so on and so forth. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that he really he wasn't about his community. Uh, I think it's it's a fine line though. It's a catch twenty two. Uh, you know, with 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 what I with, with the information that's out there, um, 
you know, it seems to me that again, uh, it, it comes down to it and it's, it happens every day in our community. Uh, somehow, for some way, us brothers cannot get along. I don't know what it is. Oh, well, well, here it's simple. It's, it's it, for here. You you can say what you want, but here it's almost cut and dry. This is this is some street BS. Uh, you can sit there and say, you know, you know, he wanted to put out a Doctor Sebi documentary. He did all this stuff for the community. He was gonna meet up with the police in order to talk about gang violence. Well, hold on here. You don't talk to cops. You don't. You don't. You don't meet up with them. The minute I the minute I heard about this, I'm gonna give you guys an analogy. The minute I heard about Nipsey Hussle going to, to meet up with the police to talk about uh, alternatives and all that, I immediately thought about an episode of the show The Wire because this show, I mean that show, if you haven't seen it, one of the best shows out there. Uh, and also, uh, for what it's worth, you know, of course it's TV, but there's some tinge of realness there. I've I've heard of situations where you know, prominent fixtures in in the black community who might have ran in those circles, yeah, they will go talk to the police or on some on some um on some what can we do for the community type of situation. That doesn't fly with a lot of people. Nipsey Hussle, for what it's worth, he's done a lot to improve the situation, but we already know how he got to that point. You had the bang, you had the slang. And um, maybe even a couple brothers had to be walked over in order for you to get where you at or where he was at. It's not like he, you know, got rich and famous and, and, you know, understood where his position was in this community and said, well, all game banging needs to stop. It was promoted throughout his music to, to an extent. It's not like he stopped banging. We don't really know really the ins and outs of these people's situations. But I do know uh, one thing I can say is when you get to a certain point in your life and you really want to make that change, sometimes you're going to have to walk completely away from something. You don't get to represent it. You don't really should talk about it. You should just talk about the positivity that you're bringing and leave it to that. You can't, you can't have, you can't part-time game bang and want to and want to develop property too. It doesn't work that way. You have to stick. You have to stick to protecting your community, and you have to do that across all fronts. You can't. You can't say I'm a hero to the people and then still want to bang or want to rear rags. It doesn't work that way. Want to get knee deep into some street shit. You can't have it both ways. You can try to bring up Malcolm X and all that, but Malcolm X completely disowned that that bullshit about his life. He, he understood where he, where his life was headed and he channeled his, his challenge to self and staying on the straight and narrow. That's what a lot of us brothers are going to have to do. And, you know, for what it's worth, we, if we would have had some black investigators, if we would have had black uh, people, again, who investigate crimes, who can look at crime scenes, we know exactly what the deal was because we'd have our own there. We wouldn't need to sit here and talk about any type of uh, conspiracy theories because we'd know we'd have our own there. Again, we have we don't have any media. So I get it. You know, we were making we were right for making points about not having people in the media. You're right. This is where it affects us. 
Because we don't get to control our own narrative. We don't always need to be rappers. We don't need to be dope dealers. We don't need to have that. So we don't even need to start off there in order to be good in our community. We don't have to. We don't have to be gangbangers in order to realize, oh, it's wrong to shoot each other. Don't get me wrong. I, I get it. You know, uh, situation, situations arise in life, and you, you, I guess you got to do what you got to do. But this is the modern era. We don't need to be shooting each other no more. We don't need to be promoting it anymore. We don't need to put that image out there anymore. This is not 85. This is not. No. If 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 the, if the system is against us, then everything we need to be doing for black folk, in my opinion, needs to be 100% geared toward helping each other. We should never be. There should be no excuse for killing each other. There's no excuse for game banging anymore. There's no excuse for selling dope to each other anymore. Sorry. If we know that we are in a situation where we're being manipulated or castigated then it should be more of it should be downright no excuse there's no excuse for nipsey hustle being shot there's no real conspiracy theory for it. our brother shot him and it makes us look bad every time you know conspiracy theories aside this is what happened he got rolled up on by a brother and that brother unloaded shot you can sit there and say oh it was it was a, it was a hit it was a hit if it was a hit, would nobody be getting arrested for it? If they really wanted to take him out of the game, they would not believe me. They wouldn't have did it like that, and they're not taking nobody in. They ain't found Pox Killer. They ain't found Biggie Killer. They wanted them dead. Again, I, I you don't know what is going on. And if somebody's knee-deep in the game, I would not be talking to no police. On any circumstance, not to, not to, not to, not to snitch, not to discuss, not a damn thing. The world is not looking at it like that. That, that underbelly, that criminal element is not looking at Nipsey Hussle like, oh yeah, you really meeting up with the police to talk, to talk some peace talks, huh? They not looking at it. They don't trust that. He should know better. That might have, and he had, and this is the irony about it. From what I understand, Nitsy Hustle's calling the guy out, almost asking asking the guy if he's the snitch. But you the one about to go meet up with the police. You don't you don't that don't come off right to certain people. I remember I remember I remember like I remember that episode of the wild like it was nothing, because I've heard the situation happen so many times. He's sitting there talking to I remember the scene like it was yesterday. Your boy Bodie, uh one of the one of the box one of the last of the Boxdale boys. He's talking to the officer to, to, to McNulty. They ain't talking about nothing. They not he not snitching to nobody. Mind you, Bodie was not no snitch. He's but he's talking to McNulty about what's going on in the hood right now. How Marlowe wasn't shit, how Marlowe's knocking everybody off, and how things ain't what it used to be. Never once did he, did he snitch on Marlowe. Never once did he say this is who's killing the body, killing him. Never once did he, did he tell McNulty, yeah, they hiding the bodies in the building. Never, never. But the simple fact that they saw him, they 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 peeped him out. They saw we saw him talking to bruh. It was a rat. You don't think people looking at Nipsey like why why are you meeting up with the police? Not one person is thinking like that. I don't know. It's a complicated game. I myself ain't going to them for nothing. To no police for nothing. We can control our own neighborhood. If we wasn't banging and selling dope to each other, we can we could we can control our own. And for the mo and I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. Everything has to be a conspiracy. We got to go after the white man. No, no. 
what we are afraid to do as a community is go after and really check ourselves and change ourselves and put ourselves to a higher standard. And when we can do that, we won't need no white people to do nothing. We don't need to we don't need to petition to them to do nothing. We we bang on each other. That's not that's not their problem. So I I I I feel for Nipsey. I feel for the loss. I understand what he was doing, but this is it's it's so many. It's 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 a fine line. It's a slippery slope in terms of really dissecting what happened in that lifestyle. So I I cannot sit there and just sit there sit, sit there and really agree with all these conspiracy theories. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna do it. So. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to call it a wrap for right now. I'm going to call it a quick break for right now. Uh, when I come back, I'll be going over some NCAA action. Uh, we're going, the next, going over the next couple of rounds of the tournament, the Sweet 16 as well as the Elite 8 as well. We'll be setting the, setting the table for the Final Four. So uh, I'll be right back, y'all. Like I said, I'm going to take a quick break. All right. All right, y'all. I am back, and like I said, we're going to get into this NCAA tournament. It will be picking back up on Saturday with the Final Four. You'll be having the fifth-seeded Auburn Tigers going off against the first-seeded uh, Virginia Cavaliers. You'll also have uh, the second-seed Michigan State Spartans going off against the third-seeded Texas Tech Red Raiders out of the Big 12. For Texas Tech and Auburn, uh, this, these are their first appearances, I believe, ever in the Final Four. For Auburn, this has been their, their first Final Four appearance, at least since Charles Barkley. So we're talking about the 80s, if they've ever been that far. For Texas Tech, for a fact, I know they haven't been this far in the tournament. For, for so for these guys, um, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good chance to see somebody new. Uh, Michigan State is an old guard. They've won the cha- they've won the championship a few times, so they're n- this, that's nothing new. Uh, for Virginia, I actually think this is probably one of their first Final Four appearances, at least uh, since I've been around. Since at least I've been around, really paying attention to college basketball. Uh, they've had really good teams uh, in terms of the regular season, uh, but they really haven't really gone that far in tournaments uh, in the past, as far as I remember. So it's good to see him make it this far uh but we will talk about how we got to this point we'll be going over the last well, i'll be going over the last couple of rounds i'll be going this, over this week 16 and also uh so, sorry uh the sweet 16 as well as the elite eight uh so let's get right into it uh like i said we're going over, we'll be going over the, the sweet 16 first and the sweet 16 uh is pretty much the third round so uh we got to start it off we will got we got to start it off with uh florida uh taking an l to gonzaga 58 to 72 uh Texas Tech was able to get a big upset against Michigan, uh, which got them to this point. Of course, they had to win in the Elite Eight as well. Uh, but this was a big time score to me. Uh, Texas Tech was able to get it done, sixty-three to forty-four, against uh, the second-seeded Michigan Wolverines out of the Big Twelve. Uh, sorry, out of the Big Ten. Uh, a lot was a lot was put on Michigan. I think they they were definitely the favorites in this game. Uh, but let's just break down these stats real quick. For Texas Tech, they were led by their guards, Jared Cole. Uh, he had he led all scores with 24 points. He also had four assists and also four rebounds. Uh, David Moretti out of Italy. He also had 15 points and four assists for Michigan. Uh, they definitely got help from their forward Ignis Brazikas. He led all scores on that team with 17 points and 13 rebounds. So he had a double double there. Also, they got help from their guard Charles Matthews. He had 12 points, four rebounds, and also three assists. Now for Michigan, they only scored 16 points in that first half, and overall. 
overall had a very bad shooting night, 32%. I'm kind of not surprised. They only averaged about 60 points a season. That has to be the reason why uh, they just not, uh, they weren't, well, from what I, what I was able to see in that game particularly, they were not necessarily effective shooting the ball. Uh, six turnover, six, I'm sorry, uh, Michigan turned the ball over six times in their, first, in their first 15 possessions. They turned the ball over six times and only went three or 13 on their field goals. So again, they turned the ball over. They did not shoot well. That is a, that is a recipe for disaster in the NCAA tournament. Don't do it. Uh, Texas Tech, on top of, of Michigan just being sloppy with the ball, they were able to force eight steals. So great defense from them. They've had a pretty, they've had a really good defense all this year. Uh, they need to work on their shooting as well, though. They were only 31% from three, and they had a 43% uh, field goal percentage as a team as well. So they struggled to shoot the ball to score the basket, too. But again, uh, they got extra possessions through their good defense. So uh, good look for them. I will talk about their elite game, their elite eight game in a minute as well. Uh, moving on to Sweet 16, you also got Virginia getting it done against Oregon, 53 to 49. Uh, Michigan State was able to get it done against LSU, 80 to 63. And the big, another one of the bigger upsets of the tournament, uh, the fifth seeded Auburn Tigers got it done against North Carolina. Nobody was really expecting this one, I don't think. So we're going to break this one down. For Auburn, they were led by their forward, Shuma Okiki. He had uh, 20 20 points, 11 rebounds, and 2 assists. Their guard, Malik Dunbar, had 13 points and 4 rebounds. For North Carolina, uh, they got help from their two guards. Cam Johnson, 15 points and 5 assists from him. Kobe White had 15 points, 3 assists, and uh, sorry, 3 rebounds and 4 assists. And their forward, Luke May, had 13 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists. For Auburn, they had 6 players with double digits uh, in terms of points. Uh, UNC actually had 4. North Carolina also had 4. So, again, there was... There was some scoring to be had, but a lot more uh, scoring by Auburn. Uh, UNC went only seven to twenty-eight from three, so twenty-eight percent. So that could have that could have put them over the top in terms of scoring, but again, they weren't really able to convert. And uh, one one takeaway from that game, I don't know how it's going to affect Auburn uh, in the Final Four. It did not affect them in the Elite Eight, uh, but they did have an injury. Uh, uh, Chuma Okiki, their leading scorer from that from that game suffered an ACL tear and he will actually miss the rest of the tourney so big ups to him I hope he gets healthy and for Auburn I hope it you know it doesn't hurt them too bad but it did not in the next round so I'll get to that too uh we also got uh the, in the sweet 16 Houston was able to well actually sorry uh, Kentucky was able to get by Houston 60 uh 62 to 58 uh, we're going to break this one down as well. For Houston, they were led by their two guards, Armani Brooks. He had 20 points and two assists. Uh, they also got help from Corey Davis Jr., 14 points from him. He also had two assists and two rebounds. For Kentucky, they were led by t their guard, Tyler Hero, 19 points, three assists, uh, three rebounds, excuse me, and two assists. He also had two uh, crucial free throws at the end of the game that he made. Came through in the clutch for them, Tyler Hero. One of their unsung, uh, one of Kentucky's unsung, uh, once unsung heroes. They also got help from 
uh, P.J. Washington, 16 points and two rebounds off the bench. Um, and as far as Kentucky is concerned, they only scored 25 points in the second half. So that's, that score got really close. Again, they started to struggle in the second half, too. Houston has a mighty good defense, and they do. Uh, Houston does first force a good amount of turnovers. So that led to that as well. Uh, Houston only shot 39%, though. Uh, but both teams shot below 50% from three. Again, both teams struggled. Kentucky more so struggled in the second half. That game got really close. Just Houston wasn't able to convert because, again, they had struggled scoring too. And finally, uh, Kentucky did out-rebound the Cougars 36-23. So despite the bad shooting from them, they were able to get more possessions. So I think that's what led, especially when the score, uh, like, by when you're when you lose by when you win by four, it comes down to baskets. It comes down to shot opportunities. Uh, those rebounds uh, that Kentucky got, I think it made the difference for them. Uh, also, moving on, you got uh, Purdue getting it done against Tennessee, ninety nine to forty four, and to wrap out the Sweet Sweet Sixteen, you had an ACC matchup between Duke and Virginia Tech. Uh, Duke was able to get that done, seventy five to seventy three. All right, moving on to the Elite Eight, and uh, we're just going to talk about the big one. Uh, Texas Tech was able to get another upset. This one, it, this time, it was against Gonzaga, seventy-five to sixty-nine. There is the final score. You also got Auburn getting it done against their SEC rival Kentucky, seventy-seven to seventy-one is the final score there. So again, the Okiki injury did not bother them so much. Again, they were able to get another upset. They just keep going and keep going. Uh, we also got uh, sorry, uh, Virginia getting it done against Purdue. 80 to 75. We are going to break the score down here for Purdue. They again, they had another monster game from their guard Carson Edwards, 42 points. He also had two rebounds, but the problem uh, in this game was that he really had zero help. Nobody else scored in double digits, and the next leading scorer for Purdue was guard Lion Klein. He had seven points and three rebounds. So very difficult game for Purdue outside uh, outside of uh, what you got from uh, Carson Edwards. And he's definitely going to be a pro spot, uh, prospect. If nobody's looking at him right, if ha nobody was looking at him before the tournament, they're definitely looking at him now. Uh, moving on to Virginia, uh, they got help from their two guards, Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome. Guy went on to have 25 points and 10 rebounds. Jerome had 24 points, 7 rebounds, and also, I'm sorry, 7 assists and also 5 rebounds. And forward, Namadi Diakate had 14 points and seven rebounds for Purdue. They had a better, they definitely had a better field goal percentage. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, they definitely had a better field goal percentage than Virginia. Uh, Purdue went on to shoot 49%, but again, that's only with one score. Uh, they also shot 43% from three, and I'm telling you that the majority of that's coming from some, from Carson Edwards. Again, nobody on that Purdue squad had over 10 points or even 10 points. Uh, again, like I said, no help for Carson, and that's pretty much the story here. Uh, Virginia really had a complete team, and they showed that again. They showed that against Oregon as well. That kind of that kind of hurt my feelings because again. Oregon is my team. Uh, but again, Virginia had a really solid squad. They play really good defense as well. Again, Carson Edwards just happened to have what, just one of those monster games that he's been having throughout the tournament. Uh, moving on, we also got Michigan State. Uh, they were able to get it done in one of the the biggest games of the tournament so far. Um, 
they were able to get it done against Duke 68-67. to We're going to break the score down as well. For Michigan State, of course, they were led by their guard, Cassius Winston. He had 20 points and 10 assists. Uh, their forward, Xavier Tillman, also had 19 points and 9 rebounds. For Duke, of course, they were led by their two forwards, Mr. Zion. Uh, he had 24 points and 14 rebounds. And then Mr. Barrett, a.k.a. R.J. Barrett, they both play like grown men. They look like grown men, so I just call him Mr. He had 21 points, 6 rebounds, and also 6 six assists, excuse me. For Duke, they did outscore Michigan State 37 to 34 in that second half. So again, they could have pushed the game into another direction just with the, with they were to get uh, get done in the second half. Their scoring percentages went up a lot in the second half, but again, just a little bit too late. Uh, Duke also led a field goal percentage at 45.6, and also they out-rebounded Michigan State 42 to 31. Again, a lot of that came in that second half. So again, that game could have went either way in that second half. Duke kind of came alive again. Uh, Michigan State they had really good defense, and again they got a really good leader in Cassius Winston. He does not give away games. He's definitely a NBA prospect for me as well. Uh, Duke had, did have 17 turnovers, though, and Michigan State forced 11 still. So, again, Michigan State does have some good defense. Again, they can steal the ball from you. Uh, and, again, you know, they, they both both teams did shoot below 50% in terms of field goals. So I would, And I would really just call, you know chalk that up to just those two teams playing good defense. As you could tell, like I said, um, Excuse me, uh, Michigan State forced 11 steals. So, again, and then on top of that, Duke out rebounded Michigan State significantly on the board. So, I would just say, really, in all reality, just really two, two good defensive teams coming out of, coming at each other. Uh, for now, well, for, for this year, Michigan State will be able to get it done. They'll be pushing their ticket to the Final Four. And, like I said, uh, the Final Four will be picking up on Saturday afternoon. Uh, it, like I said, it will be Auburn and Virginia. You also have uh, Michigan State and Texas Tech. And then the national championship itself will be on Monday. All right, y'all. So for, so for now, we're going to call it a quick break. And then when I come back, we'll be going over some NBA news as well as some standings as well. We'll be talking about Russell uh, sorry, Russell Westbrook's uh, big night last night as well. So I'll be right back, y'all. All right. All right, now, I'm going to wrap this up for today. Like I said, uh, we're going over some NBA news. Uh, we also be going over the standings as well. Uh, we got five games up in the season, which, of course, it means it's playoff time. So let's talk Let's talk about it. Uh, Carmelo Anthony does have a new job. Isn't that funny? Uh, looks as though he signed a multi-million dollar deal with the Utah Jazz. I do not have the financial details as of yet, uh, but Melo will be put at the four spot uh, to, to relieve Derek Favors, who's been going over some injuries right now. That's very interesting. Uh, for, for those of you who do not know what I just said, to put him at the four means they'll be putting him at the power four position. Uh, as far as I know, uh, he's never really played power four before. Uh, he's mostly played small forward. Uh, really, definitely, I mean, you know, anybody who knows Carmelo knows about his prime years in uh in uh, sorry, in Denver, where he did a lot of isolation ball, scored. I mean, he could score a lot at times, uh, but eventually that that era of basketball just phased out, and uh, he never he never really got with the times, and eventually he fell out of favor with a lot of different people, including the fans. Um, and we all know about you know his stint in OKC and his two seconds in Houston, so we're not going to really get into that too. Um, but it's funny because again, like I said, did he want to put him at the the power forward position in Utah, and uh, 
apparently from the coaching staff they're saying somehow they could utilize him defensively they talk they they were talking really highly about his defensive skill which i don't know what i don't know what carmelo anthony they've been watching in the past few years because he ain't got no defense uh but they definitely wanted to use him as they definitely uh realize the talent that he does have in terms of scoring the ball you know whatever talent he does have left and they did want to use a lot utilize him hit utilize him there uh give him some isolation opportunities uh this this has come from the coaching staff as well so it's very um it's very uh different you wouldn't really expect for them to uh pick up a player like that in this this time this day and age in the nba uh, like i said an isolation guy and then want him and then want to encourage him to kind of do all that stuff it's a different i guess i guess it does, gives them a different wrinkle going into the playoffs uh a little bit extra because again uh derek favors for what it's worth uh he is a decent power forward but he's probably not the best scorer at that position so it definitely gives you um especially uh with what Carmelo can do offensively it gives you a, a change of pace coming off the bench so i will give them that i don't know how successful it will be though uh especially you know just especially what we got going on in the west right now but again like i said it's a change of pace from their starter uh gives us the, the starter Derek favors some time to rest some time to heal and again he can I mean, Anthony can score a little bit, so it provides, again, something different, something extra to look out for in terms of game planning. So, uh, on the surface, it seems to be pretty good. Again, I just don't, myself, I I myself don't know uh, how effective um, Camrella can be in a role, in a role position. Uh, Moving on, we have an injury report to talk about. Uh, Center Jonas Valanciunas of the Memphis Grizzlies suffered a grade two injury sprain. Uh, Sorry, (laughs) a grade two ankle sprain and he will miss the rest of the season uh he will not require surgery uh but again this has been somebody who at least uh at the moment for the grizzlies been doing a lot of positive stuff for them he says six he had six consecutive double doubles uh scoring 19 points a game also getting about 10 rebounds he also had one and a half blocks since joining the grizzlies as well of course they are out of playoff contention they have been uh for a good good while now actually but it was it was good to kind of see uh what pieces that we're going to bring in for next year i think he's probably going to be one of those pieces a lot of good production from him uh just an unfortunate injury because again it kind of offsets uh just i mean again it, this would have been time for him to uh definitely you know work ease himself into what uh, Memphis is trying to do uh, get itself into that those offseason plans because again uh, I don't see I don't see the I don't see Memphis getting rid of him uh, especially what he was able to do but again like again like again you want him to get more playing time you want him to get more reps you want to get more comfortable with what they're doing there and again just the injury just keeps him sidelined but again uh, no surgery so he'll probably be back into he'll probably be back into working out and doing basketball things by the end of the season about five games left so probably about the middle of playoff he'll be healthy to start working out again and um he'll be back he'll be back into the mix uh moving on i think the biggest piece of news that i wanted to talk about uh definitely was was your man russell westbrook uh definitely had a career night last night uh he scored a double double with 20 points uh 20 well he had 20 points 20 rebounds and also 21 assists. And of course, this was in a win, uh, a much-needed win for that matter, against the Lakers, 119-103. Nobody has had a stat sheet like that since uh, Wilt Chamberlain. 
you can say what you want about Russell Westbrook. And again, I'll be honest with you, I kind of drank the Kool-Aid a little bit earlier this year, listening to Colin Cowherd talk about how a little bit overrated he was. I listened to that for a little bit. I fell for it a little bit. But 20 rebounds as a guard, he's just about as tall as me. I'm about 6'4". 20 rebounds, 21 assists, that's 2K numbers right there. Russell Westbrook, for what it's worth, and I really, I, I mean, he, um, the more I see him, the more I watch him, the more I become a fan of him. When I don't, when I listen to Colin Cowherd or all these other people say, well, he, he does, he's not the, he doesn't have, uh, what's the word, consistency. He doesn't have the numbers. He, his stats or his percentages are off. Don't listen to that hype. Watch the man play. You'll understand why he plays the way he does why he has to do that and just how really just how important what he does is to that Oklahoma, for that Oklahoma City team. They won that game because of him. They're in the playoff. They're in the position now because of him because uh of course they are the AFC. We talk we'll talk about their struggles in just a second, but he's the main reason why they're where they are. Uh, we can sit there and say, again, the, we can go by numbers. We can talk about numbers and, and, and give him a hard time for that. But he's a winner. He plays like a winner. And he puts his team in the best position to win every time. And, yes, he might take a, he might take extra shots, but he's going he's gonna to be taking those shots. He's going to be doing his, doing his service and doing what he can to lead his team to a win. And I like that performance yesterday. And he's one of my uh, favorite. He's one of my final personal finalists for MVP. I don't care about Harden. I don't even care about Giannis at this point. I've been looking at Russell Westbrook putting work throughout the last few seasons. Consistent, consistent, consistent on his end, and his team has been in the thick of things for throughout the entirety of him going on this this triple double explosion. You have to give props where they are due. Russell Westbrook, you are the man. You are going to become one of my favorite players in the league. You keep that up. You keep that up. Uh, one of the biggest scores from last night, though, was the Nuggets and the Warriors. They took off against each other last night. The Warriors got it done in that game, 116-102. For what it's worth, uh, again, I'll be talking about the standings in, the, in in a second. The Warriors might have done enough to win that, uh, to to hold on to that first seed. Uh, but, let's, but, let's, but let's get through the stats here. Uh, for the Nuggets, Jamal Murray uh, led the way with 17 points, 4 assists, and 3 rebounds. Paul Millsap also had 11.7 assists, sorry, 7 rebounds, and also 2 uh, two assists. For the Warriors, uh, Cousins had 28 points, 12 rebounds, and also 5 assists. Durant had 21 points, 6 assists, and also 3 rebounds. And Steph came up with 17 points, 5 assists, and 5 rebounds. For the standings, uh, in the, out in the East, we got the Bucks and the Raptors, of course, on top, 58 uh, 20 for the for the Bucks, they've been a seven and three in their last ten, so very productive. They're not giving up that last spot with five games left. We also got the the Raptors, like I said, at fifty five and twenty three. They're also seven and three in the last ten, and they both clinched their division. Uh, for the Sixers, they are forty nine and twenty eight, also seven and three in the last ten. Uh, the Celtics are fifty forty six and fifty two, uh, forty six and thirty two. Excuse me, uh, five and five in the last ten. And for what it's worth, we talked about this before. Uh, the Celtics just 
they've been struggling against actually the the Sixers, uh, despite them being ranked higher uh, than the uh, Celtics. Excuse me, they've been struggling against them throughout the season. So that matchup uh, is going to be key. If 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 they do end up facing each other, that matchup is going to be key at any point in the playoffs. Um, Moving on, we have the Pacers here at 46 and 32 at the fifth spot as well. They've been three and seven in the last 10, and you can't really blame them. Uh, they lost their best player, Victor Oladipo, to injury, and uh, it's just unfortunate for them. Uh, at number six, we have the Pistons at 39 and 38. At seven, we have the Nets at 39 and 39. And finally, rounding everything out, we have the Heat at 38 and 39. Out west, uh, we have the Warriors and Nuggets. Of course, they are on top of the West. 50 and 24 for the Warriors. The Nuggets are 51 and 25. Uh, the thing about the, the East as opposed to the West is um, there there are already divisional winners out West. I mean, at back East, uh, they're just they're just trying to figure out the seeding right now. At least five, well, at least six through eight. Uh, as far as the Western Conference is concerned, I mm, at this point. You can kind of you can kind of guess at who might win the divisions, uh, especially in the Pacific. You can pretty much give the Warriors a lot there. The Northwest, I'm not exactly too sure about. Uh, that's kind of up for grabs. Also, the Southwest, those two are up for grabs right now. Uh, but the Pacific, that's already locked down. We already know the, the Warriors pretty much got that division locked. Uh, but everybody in the West has claimed. A playoff spot again this is all going to come down to season we have about see uh, seating excuse me we have about five games left of course so uh let's break it down uh the nuggets are here at number three they are at 50 and 28 they've gone eight and two in the last 10 so they're hot just like the blazers without uh yusef nurkic and cj mccullum going eight and two in the last 10 49 to 20 uh, 49 to 28 for a place in the west they're looking like a team you don't want to really want to see in the playoffs as well. Uh, at five, we have the Jazz at 47 and 30. They've gone nine and one in the last 10. So the Western Conference is scary. Uh, they'll be, uh, it's going to be a bloodbath this year. That's all I can say. Whoever makes it out of here, I think is the real champion. Uh, at six, we have the Clippers, 47 and 31, also eight to their last, in their last 10. The Spurs are 45 and 33. They've kind of tapered a little bit. I think they are going to plat, they've plateaued. Uh, they're six and four in the last 10. And finally, bringing up the rear, we do have the Thunder. They got an important win last night. Uh, they're currently sitting at 45 and 33 as well, but they've gone three and seven in their last 10. So they're kind of on a downtrend. I don't like the way they look, but again, Russell Wilson is uh, Russell Russell Westbrook, excuse me, is playing his ass off, and I love it. I personally love it. Uh, good luck to him getting it to the playoffs. I mean, they got it, but I mean, good luck in terms of how he performs because he's playing he's playing too hard right now to just get eliminated like that but uh for now i'm gonna take a quick i'm gonna wrap call it a wrap for today my next episode my next episode uh, i'll be going over some nfl news it does look as though the aaf uh that 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 new startup football league is going to be ceasing operations i'll be talking about that and what led to that i'll also be talking oh uh russell wilson is also in contract talks with the seahawks and it's not going as well as expected so i'll be talking about that as well and i'll also be talking about cardi miss cardi b and her drugging she gotta drug people and get hers ass i'm gonna be talking about that that too uh so yes i will be back 
that's what we're going to be talking about. Again, of course, the war on the street, anything pops up on a national, international level, we'll be discussing that as well. All right, y'all. Before I let y'all go, I want to give one last RIP to Nipsey Hussle. Um, despite the situation, despite what went on, I don't know the ins and outs of what happened, bro. But thank you for the good music that you put out. Uh, thank you uh, for the message of of finding redemption and trying to lead these brothers to that. I, again, I don't know the full ins and outs of your situation, uh, but I'll give you thanks for doing that and inspiring people with your music and uh, trying to trying to make sure we don't get caught up in the same path that you had to take uh, a lot. Well, the younger brothers. Uh, so I'll give you that. Um, I wish much love to your family and I hope that your community is able to heal itself and not let this dis disintegrate everything that you tried to do on the positive note. All right, y'all. So I'm going to call it a wrap for today. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. This is your man, L. Jamal. Peace out and one love.